Welcome to Melden Law and Friends. I was going to say Law Talk Live. That's our radio show every Saturday morning on the sky at 1030, uh, 97.3 FM. But today we are on Melden Law and Friends Facebook, YouTube, and 37 other audio channels. So uh, I'm Jeffrey Melden, founder of Melden Law, and it's really a pleasure uh, to be here today. I've got a wonderful guest, Ian Fletcher from the Gainesville Chambers here, and uh, we got other stuff going on. However, I want to mention what we're giving away at Melden Law. Uh, we are giving away tickets. So tonight, the Gator baseball team that's, uh, let's see, playing Bethune-Cookman. I'm taking the family there. But the new thing's coming up. Um, this weekend, wow, LSU baseball is coming to town Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday. I think the game's Friday night's at 6.30, the game Sunday, I'm sorry, Saturday's at 6, and then 12 o'clock for the uh, Sunday game. Anyhow, if you haven't been to the uh, new ballpark, it's awesome. Go check it out. We're giving away tickets, four tickets, uh, as well as two tickets uh, for all three games. So uh, check us out uh, on Facebook, Melden Law Facebook, and you will see the ticket giveaways. Uh, there's also a softball game. Lady Gators are playing, and they are awesome, man. The Lady Gators are rocking. They're top five in the country, and uh, they are really doing well. So they're playing Stetson uh, on the 23rd, which is uh, Wednesday night. And then we have a softball uh, matchup against uh, Mississippi State um, this weekend as well. So we're giving away tickets uh, to all those. So go on Melden Law Facebook page and you will be able to win. I just ran into some winners at the basketball game uh, last weekend uh, and Wow, it was amazing. They said their uh, one of the girls said that her mother had won tickets separately from her. So one family had won uh, two sets of tickets. So it's uh, the odds are short. Uh, enter the contest and uh, you may win. I'm here with um, our distinguished guest, Ian Fletcher, Chief Operating Officer and Vice President of Education and Talent Alignment for the Greater Gainesville Chamber of Commerce. How are you doing today, Ian? I am doing well, Jeffrey. Thank you for having me. Well, it's exciting. I love um, the Gainesville Chamber of Commerce. I mean, I've been here 50 years, and uh, the Chamber's been an active part of uh, Gainesville's growth, and I, I think it's more active and more vigorous now than it's ever been. Absolutely. Um, the Chamber is just doing great things to bring our community together and to advocate for our business community as well. And that's the importance of what we do. We convene people to, to really around initiatives, around networking events, and, and, and just to try to help businesses succeed in our community. How long have you been with the Gainesville Chamber? I've been at the Chamber since 2007 in, oh, in various years. roles, absolutely. Yeah, so how, how did you get the job there? How did you start? So, so that's an interesting way. I went through the Leadership Gainesville program first. Um, I was a part of Leadership Gainesville Class 32. Um, the Gainesville Chamber has 
the oldest leadership program in the state of Florida. And once I completed it, one of the staff on board at the time, um, Kim Teshvard, who was the v vice president of workforce, she saw me at an event at the Odom and she said that she had a position opened and she told me if I was interested, I should apply for the position and I applied for the position. And when I applied for the position, I actually didn't get that position. And she had another grant funded position and she called me up and said, if you want the position, the job is yours. And I've been there ever since. Wow. Well, that's great. Um, so you're at the office. It's on University Avenue? Correct. Right across from the big library. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, what you do within the Chamber of Commerce on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, that, that could change from answering um, questions of employees to um, trying to solve an issue for a business. But my main focus on a, on a regular basis for the chamber is talent and development. And, and it's about developing our talent, mostly here lately in the K-12 space. I tell businesses all the time that if these kids don't know that you exist, they can't dream to become you. And so we focus on talent development through a number of different programs. One, we do College Sign-In Day, which we have coming up on May 6th. That's going to be right out here in Celebration Point, where we celebrate seniors that are graduating high school. And we celebrate them, whether they're going to university, state college, a career technical education program, or the military. Another program that we just launched uh, the second year of is Rethink Service. It's a leadership program where we're, we have six students currently in the class, and they go through the UCLA um, social change leadership curriculum, the John Maxwell leadership curriculum, and the Youth Service of America toolkit where these kids have to go through 12 weeks of, of training. And at the end, they do a community project. They put a project together um, for their community. We piloted that program last year, and we're, we're happy um, to, to be doing that program again this year. And the third program that we, we really focus on is, is career discoveries. We, we've done it five years. We haven't done it since the pandemic. It will come back this year again on Saturday, November the 5th, also here on Celebration Point Avenue. And what we will be, what Career Discoveries does is really highlights um, career pathways for students. And we invite middle and high school students and their parents to come out and, and listen to a keynote speaker, listen to industry professional, and then go around to all the different exhibitors to have conversation about how to become a part of their business and how, what pathway they should take um, in that career. You know, it's interesting because... Um Right now, there's a tremendous um, demand for um, people that are in the trades and uh, other other uh, professions, right. where they can they can uh, make good money. Right. And uh, it's a matter of uh, number one, I guess, opening doors so that people see that there's an opportunity, and then helping them get involved in, in the training. Right. And we're working with Santa Fe on that right now. Um, we just met with many of our developers here in town, and, and they're telling us just that. They need carpenters. They need framers. Uh, they need welders. They need masons. They need Pl all the of these plumbers, positions. Plumbers, the electricians, right. uh, everybody. Right. I, I, you know, I can't find anybody. We <laughs> right. need to fix something at our house. It's like I got to wait two you gotta weeks. You got to wait. And then, you, and then you're paying them 75 to 100 bucks an hour. And if, and if you bring the electrician, it's $210 an hour. <laughs> um, so what we're doing is we're working with Santa Fe to see how can we upskill our community and, and, off, and work with them to really create these programs. 
for individuals to, to matriculate into these programs and to get certification to be able to upskill themselves and, and have upward mobility in our community. We're also working with them and taking a look right now at the power line worker position as well, which is another position that pays well. We've met with some of the local electric companies here as well, and we have to finish. We have two more to meet with, and then we'll sit down with Santa Fe and do a focus group to see um, how do we move forward with that. We're going down to St. Pete next month to take a look at their line worker college down there at the St. Pete College as well. Wow. I know Santa Fe's building their campus downtown. Do you know if they're going to be doing any uh, work with people, you know, who uh, are interested in trades or, uh, you know, what, what do you know about the downtown So campus? the downtown campus is going to be focused on the, they're moving their um, software engineer, the IT programs over there. They're moving their business programs over there at downtown campus, um, but the trade schools will still be on their campus, and, and they work with a lot of the HVAC companies and the electric companies to um, really put people through apprenticeship programs, which is what is needed. They work in the day, so they're actually getting a paycheck, and they go to school at night to get certified. Yeah, somebody was telling me that there's a, you can actually get paid for working while you're training. There's, there's exactly. certain uh, grants that are available. Right. Get, so that somebody can say... You know, I'm being trained for this, and meanwhile, I've got some money coming in to survive. Absolutely. And Santa Fe is doing another prog program right now. Um, it's being hosted at, at Lofton High School. It's called ACB, where they've taken some individuals that they would teach maintenance facility work training. And, and those individuals, they, got 20, they had 20 slots. They got 53 applications. Right. Oh, wow. And so that says it. And then one of our local apartment companies have agreed to hire all of them if they pass the class. So that's what we need. We need not just to create programs because we think programs will work, but create programs that our businesses are looking to fill positions for. Well, now's a good time for that. And so if people want to get uh, more information, can they just call up the chamber or, or uh, email the chamber? Absolutely. And they'll put them in touch with me and I could talk to them about that. Great. Well. So whoever is listening, if you know young people or people, you know, uh, who are looking to learn, a, you know, a trade, and you, whether they're in their 20s or 30s, they can still uh, apply for some of this training at Santa Fe. No matter right? how old they are, if they want to change job. I just read that um, this math teacher after 15 years in Boston um, quit her job to become a carpenter. And she's realizing just how much the math skills is applying to the carpentry <laughs> job. So it doesn't matter how old you are. Well, maybe I'll we'll take it. <laughs> I've been practicing law for 50 years now, Ian. So maybe I can take a look at some of the programs. You never know. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know if uh, you'd want me in. Uh, fixing your electric uh, at home, though. <laughs> at least not not until I have another five years of experience. Anyhow, so um, now I know the Gainesville Chamber of Commerce has really expanded their outreach. I think the Gainesville Chamber, when I first uh, got involved with it 20, 30, 40 years ago, uh, they did a lot, but now it seems like the whole mission of uh, the Chamber is really expanding beside you know it's gone beyond just uh join there's a membership and we're going to have a um you know uh, a mixer out at the speedway every uh march <laughs> absolutely and so so just a little bit about the chamber there 
you know, we have four divisions, right? Um, and I always, I like to tell people we throw great parties, so you have to come to our parties. We really yeah, do no, throw great the, parties. The, the, one, the one out at the <laughs> Speedway is the best. Absolutely <laughs> a great party, yes. And we just had it uh, two, a couple weeks ago. But I tell people that, you know, we have, we have four divisions. The talent and education division, which I oversee. We have membership, which is the core, the basic core group of our organization. 80% of, of small businesses are member of the chamber. We have, we are the economic development arm for the county and for Alachua and Gilchrist County. And then we do public policy. And in, in every one of those buckets, we're serving our members the best we know how. And so in economic development, we're, we're looking to help our local businesses that are looking to scale and grow and become second stage companies. Um, how do we help them to maneuver the permit in? How do we help them if they need funding? If, is there funding available for them? If companies want to relocate to our community, we bring them in on what we call a site selector tour and we show them the different properties. Is there buildings that are ready for them to move in? They tell us the specs and we'll submit and they'll decide whether or not they'll come to Gainesville to look at those um, project sites. Um, under public policy, we, we have the public policy agenda and we follow along with what's happening both at the county, the city, and with our state delegation. And we advocate for businesses and, and, and so that's one of the things we do. We get a lot of phone calls whenever something arrives at one of these commissions and you know we have to ask questions of the commissions and work with the commissions. And one of the things that the chamber tries to do is try to stay st sane neutral, right? We're, we're sane neutral. Um, we're here to advocate advocate for our business. We're here to help our business. And we're here to really move along the cause of our community. Because one of the things, as business strive in our community, so does the beautiful things around us. So does the sports. So does the arts. So does everything in our community strive. And so those are some of the things we do. And then in our membership, around our membership, we put on programs like the After Hours, but we also do Lunch and Learn. We also have the CEO Insight program where you could come and learn from our CEO. We also have Chamber Before Hours, which is a networking program where individuals could come, and it's kind of like a speed dating program. You have to, I would sit across from you, learn what you do, you'd learn what I do, and then you'd have to report it back to the group. Well, we have a lot to uh, go over. I know that... Um there's been um, a, a major move to get new companies uh, to move into Gainesville. How is that going? That is going well with us. You know, we just had consortia, um, an airline company move here. What they do is airline manufacturing, and they just up and move their business here. And so we're happy with that. They're located on our airport grounds in one of the buildings that was vacant there. And so um, those are things that we are constantly answering um, project notices for, um, whether it's coming from Enterprise Florida, which is the economic development arm of the, the, the state, or it's coming from a site selector that want us to respond to those things. Uh, I'm Jeffrey Meldon. I'm here with Ian Fletcher, Chief Operating Officer for the Gainesville Chamber of Commerce. We're going to take a 60-second break, and we'll be right back on Meldon Law and Friends. We are here at the University of Florida, where Arbor and Alberta are competing in the game of penalty shootout. Arbor is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster. Luckily, Meldon Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry because Meldon Law is going to help you with your recovery. Meldon Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal. We still hear it. 
the sound of victory, the joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. Gosh, I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault. It's not my fault. Yes, it is your no, fault. Not, I am calling fault. Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This no, crazy no, lady wait, here, wait, this crazy wait, lady, he no, might... New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. Welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Meldon, founder of Meldon Law, and uh, we're excited. Uh, Meldon Law is the only official injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators, and we score tickets all the time uh, by virtue of our partnership with the Florida Gators, and we turn around and give them away. So uh, go to uh, Meldon Law Facebook page, and you'll find free tickets for uh, the big series against LSU coming up this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, as well as softball, uh, Stetson on uh, the 23rd of March and the 25th through the 27th. There's a softball series uh, with Mississippi State. And uh, we are very blessed in Gainesville. They have great facilities for baseball as well as uh, softball. Check them out. They keep making improvements to uh, – the uh, Lady Gators softball facility. And if you haven't been to the men's ballpark, uh, do yourself a favor. There's seats available. Go. It is amazing. It's great. Uh, you can even sit out on the berm out in the outfield in the grass, bring a, uh, a picnic blanket, and uh, enjoy yourself out there. Every seat's a good seat. So uh, have a good time and take advantage of this beautiful spring weather. I'm here with Ian Fletcher, uh, who is the Chief Operating Officer for the uh, uh, Gainesville Chamber of Commerce. Ian, we were talking a little bit about bringing uh, businesses in. Um, what is the um, uh, presentation like when a business comes to Gainesville? What is it that you talk to them about why they should move their business here? One, because most of the time, most of us at the table um, have moved to Gainesville. We, we weren't born here. Um, that's no. one. But one of the things we do, we, we, we showcase the arts. We showcase workforce development. We showcase um, sites that they may be interested in, whether there's, they, they're looking for X amount of square foot of building, whether they're looking for just the land that is shovel ready. We, sh we showcase whatever it is that they're looking for. And then it also depends on the industry sector as well. We work with the University of Florida and Santa Fe to make sure we have those experts at the table as well to talk to them. Yeah, I know um, Gainesville is not um, a small, small town, but it's much smaller than Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, Miami, South Florida, where, you know, there's a greater labor pool. Uh, have you been able to uh, help new business come in, fulfill their uh, labor pool needs? Right. One of the biggest reasons, one of the biggest draw is our economic engine, which is the University of Florida. And most businesses want to be where they can get those students graduating 
walking off the stage and coming into their business to, to work. And so that's one of our biggest partners with the UF Career Connection Center, where we work with our business to get them connected and to get them to, to a place where they can interview those students and get those students. Yeah, I mean, University of Florida is turning out some top-notch students. Absolutely. And Santa Fe as well. I mean, Santa Fe was voted number one, uh, whatever they're called, the college. The or, yeah. Uh, it used to be, it was community. When I got here, it was Santa Fe Community College, then it was a junior college. Now right. it's called the college. Right. The, the legislature changed it to call it state, a state college. So anytime you hear a state college, Santa Fe or, or, or former community college fits under that moniker. So in many ways, we're very blessed in Gainesville. There's almost 80,000 college students here. And every year, a lot of them graduate and are looking for jobs. Right. And one of the things we recently learned, both from the University of Florida and Santa Fe, that when a student, one of their students intern in our community, 90% of them stay. That's right? great. Which is what we're trying to really get more and more business involved with internship opportunity through one of our um, economic development program, Internship Gainesville. Yeah, a lot of folks um, graduate from the University of Florida. They really enjoy living in uh, the beautiful community we have. It's uh, terrific for sports, arts, uh, just all the parks in our town. It's just a very nice place to live. Right. However, the first thing they, you know, they go, okay, I got my college degree. I need a job, right? <laughs> well, one of the, one of the biggest thing, and, 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 I, and I've experienced this too as, as a UF grad, is, is some base, with the University of Florida, you don't have to venture off the campus. Everything is right there on campus for you. Uh, the, the ideal thing for us to do is build partnership with the University of Florida. And to be able to have, one of the things I learned years ago is if you have something for UF student, you're not trying to get something from their student. You have something for their student. Um, UF will, will really work to help you have access to the things you need, whether that's the engineering college, whether that's the, the College of Liberal Arts, whatever college it is that you're looking for something. Um, you know, you can get in, get interns, and, and we're, we're always at intern. The chamber right now, we had six interns this semester. And when we go out, to, we go out on the University of Florida campus at their internship fairs, we carry our interns to talk about their experience as well. What's the future of the tech industry in Gainesville? The tech industry is growing in Gainesville. You know, uh, we have the innovation. I, I still want to say the innovation hub. It's now called UF Innovate. Um, and so that's, that's one of the facilities where we have a lot of companies spinning out, and many of them staying here in our community. Um, we have a lot of companies, and one of them located here, Infotech, that, you know, started out of University of Florida Grow. We have RTI Surgical that started out of UF and Grow. We have Feather, another tech company that started out of the University of Florida in the hub and has grown. And so many of the tech companies are here and they're, they're growing, spinning out of the hub and they're wanting to stay here. And so we're working with them. The other big thing we have is Progress Park where we have the biotech companies. And, and, and one of the things that are changing now in the biotech world, particularly in Alachua, now the, 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 the biotech, the Progress Park biotech has won the, the number one biotech incubator in the world three times, right? Wow. And that's right here in, in Alachua yeah, County. I know they're building apartments out there and everything. So Absolutely. people can actually 
live near where they work and take you know walk to work or bike to work or right. whatever. And what we're seeing is companies are now buying up those companies, but they're staying here, right? And and that's what we love. So Thermo Fisher bought one of our biotech companies for I believe it was one point seven billion dollars and the company is still here in Alachua County. And so those are some of the things we see. Sharp Springs, that's, that's over here, got bought out. And the company, it started here. They got bought out. The company stayed right here in Gainesville. And actually, the, the CEO became the CEO of the company that, that bought them out. And then recently, um, they've been bought out again by um, Constant Contact. And they're still here in our community, which yeah. which is, is yeah, the thing right, that we right want. Next door to Absolutely, us right that which is the thing we want. So we see more and more of our tech companies coming out, and our biotech companies coming out, and they and companies are seeing value in them. And in the past, when they bought them, they had to move. Now they're buying them, and they're not having to move, which is a, another step up for us in our community. Well, one of the things that happens, I think, is that when you have biotech companies or you just have any tech company you know engineering background with students whatever their background is once they um they start learning uh some of the uh some of the workers are come up with new ideas they start their own companies they uh join uh they, there's a larger workforce and people can actually move from one company to another right uh and you see that uh you know a lot with um, you know, younger people. I don't know. I don't know what a millennial means anymore. Uh, well, <laughs> the Gen Xers are in the Gen Generation Z, not Xers. Generation Z are in college right now, so they're they're about to come out. So yeah. So anyhow, the, the the it's been a remarkable transformation in Gainesville from when I first came here uh, to w what's going on now because there is actually a place for tech companies. And I've always felt like Gainesville was very well suited because we have some of the best and brightest students in, in the whole state of Florida, if not the whole Southeast United States. And up in North Carolina, you know, they had the research triangle that started well before we got going. Right. And that really turned into an incredible uh, economic engine. Absolutely. And it, and it takes time. Right. And, and, and that's what has happened. We, we've seen more and more our companies spinning out. The chamber was essential in getting that EDA grant to build the innovation hub, um, which is now UF Innovate, um, to build that incubator space. And they've since built a second incubator there. And, and Santa Fe also has an incubator for service companies. You know, and then Santa Fe oversees G, the GTEC incubator. Then we have the incubator in Progress Park. So we have a lot of incubators that are given not only our students, but our local residents, the opportunity to start companies, learn how to scale their companies, and be able to come out of the incubator and stand alone. Yeah, I was very excited uh, when uh, they took the property where Latchwood General Hospital uh, used to be, and uh, when they tore it down, they said, oh, well, we're going to start, uh, you know, it, what it was called, the Innovation uh, at the park time, yeah. or something, and now it's UF the Innovation Innovate. Zone. Yeah, but it it was a wonderful idea, and they put um, all the services. If somebody needed uh, a patent lawyer or uh, some trademark lawyer, they they were in the building. If they needed uh, 
accounting services. They were in the building. And uh, for somebody starting out in a business, they may have a great idea, but they may not know all the resources that are available. Absolutely. And that's the key. And that's what the chamber does, right? We do that not only for business that are starting, but for business that are are, are, are starting to grow. And, and so, and, and for our mature businesses, we have businesses that will call up and say, hey, listen, we're having some issue getting some licensing. We want to build a new property building here and and we're having some problem and that's what the chamber does we advocate best we connect best and so we 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 tell our businesses all the time call us because if you don't know how to do it and if we don't know how to do it we know someone in the chamber that knows how so if melden law needs some uh people to work then we should just call the chamber uh, and we get your chamber. job posted yeah we okay. get it. the chamber will post your job right on our job board okay good because uh we're growing and scaling up and uh, we're always looking for new talent and uh it, it is great uh to have you on ian um we just kind of scratched the surface so the message uh to everyone is call the chamber get involved if you're not a member join the member it's not expensive Get involved with the chamber. They have a tremendous amount of resources. It's a very um, dynamic, mature organization, and they'll help you no matter what your circumstances, whether you, you have a, a thriving business or if you're looking to uh, uh, get employed, they have a job board. So, uh, Ian Fletcher, thank you very much for joining us on Melden Law and Friends. And, I hope everybody reaches out to the Gainesville Chamber of Commerce. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, when you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, Join them. Albert, Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident. But if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your no, fault. Not, not, I am not. calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Melden Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This oh, no, here. This person lady, he might... New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. We still hear it. The sound of victory. 
the joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. We are here at the University of Florida, where Albert and Alberta are competing in the Gator Penalty Shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster. Luckily, Melton Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gator. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry, because Melton Law is going to help you with your recovery. Melton Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. Albert, Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. Welcome back to Melden Law and friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden, and uh, uh, we're glad that you can uh, join us. We have a great second guest on our show today uh, again go to Melden Law Facebook page for free tickets for uh, the baseball series against LSU coming up this weekend at uh, Florida Park and the Lady Gators have games against Stetson and a series against Mississippi State uh, coming up this weekend so check us out we're giving away plenty of free tickets and uh it's uh, a wonderful time, beautiful weather. We, we actually have a little bit of spring right now. I'm here with my special guest, April McDonald. How are you doing today, April? I'm doing fabulous, and how are you, sir? Good, good. Now, I understand that you are the executive director of Project Hope in Marion County. Yes, sir, I am. Can you tell our viewers and listeners a little bit about Project Hope? Absolutely. I'd love to. First of all, thank you for having me today. Um, it's You're very welcome. nice to meet you. Thank everyone for who's tuning in and listening. Um, it is an honor every day to get to lead Project Hope. Um, as you said, we are um, in Marion County and Project Hope is a transitional and supportive housing program for um, single homeless women and their children. Um, we are located on the northeast part of town, so we're um, centrally located between a high school, Vanguard High School, and an Oak Crest Elementary School. Um, and so currently, as of today, we have 21 moms and 37 children here on property that we um, have transitioned out of homelessness in Marion County and a couple of the surrounding counties and are, are now living in our, um, our two-bedroom, two-bath units here on the property. 
Wow. So um, are a lot of these uh, situations where the women are escaping, um, let's say, a violent environment uh, and they need to get away or uh, they're just, uh, you know, in a bad situation. What are some, talk about that a little bit about, you know, uh, every case is unique, but give us some examples. Okay. So like you said, um, probably about 60% of our women um, have escaped or, or uh, victims of domestic violence. And so um, our ladies come from either domestic violence shelters, um, which here in Marion County, we have one and it stays full, unfortunately. Um, or we have women who um, transition from emergency shelters. Unfortunately, sometimes we have women who literally transition from the street, living in their car in an unsafe motel on a friend's couch with their children. Um, we've had women who you know, are transitioning to our program who've lived at different rest stops um, throughout you know, up 75, up and down 75. So we have um, a very diverse group of women who are living here in terms of, we're very culturally diverse in terms of age. And uh, like I said, currently we're, we're here, we have 21 um, women. We have the capacity for 22 and we have a 40 unit property here um, at Hope Villas. So uh, we get women referred from pediatricians, um, you know, primary doctors, churches, schools, and we're not a shelter, so we do have a waiting list. I mean, there is a process, a vetting process, if you will, for coming in Project Hope. Um, but we always have anywhere from 40 to 45 families waiting to get into our program. And um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, how long people can stay there? You know, uh, the women and the children. Uh, what's the commitment that you give as far as allowing them to stay there? So our program is a year-long commitment um, from moms um, to with our, our primary goal is to help these women become self-sufficient and whatever it looks like to them. So when they come into our program, they know that they're welcome to stay um, here on, our, and on, on site for 12 to 18 months. So at the 12-month mark, if they are working towards their goals, if they are you know, in transition for purchasing a home, if they're trying to finish up your GED or associate's degree, then um, we can extend that time to 18 months. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, April. Um, how about helping them with transportation, finding jobs, things like that? Absolutely. So our, um, our uh, the, the property, um, Hope Villas, we're located on a bus route. And um, back in 2011, um, this purchase, this property was purchased, um, and they chose the property because of it being centrally located, like I said, between a high school and an elementary school, and we're directly on a bus route. Not only are we on a bus route, but we are like within walking distance from a childcare facility um, to like a Dollar General, you know, for, for um, groceries. And so some of our women do have vehicles and some of them do not. So if they come in and they are in need of transportation and are, have, yet, um, have not yet purchased a vehicle, um, then they, they literally, you know, 500 feet from our, from our property, they can catch the bus. Now, when someone comes in there, so they've got challenges. Number one is they got to protect their children and protect themselves, 
right? Yes, sir. They need they need to find food to eat. They need you know you help provide them with uh, you know a place to stay. Uh, they they may want to be looking for a job or going to uh, school and getting trained. So mm-hmm. what? So tell. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, somebody comes in. What are the challenges that you're facing right away? So the challenges that anybody transitioning out of homelessness um, face are just the. I would say immediately what comes to mind is the mere exhaustion that these women come in from just having to juggle not only their own personal safety, um, particularly if they've come from the street or at another shelter or someone's couch, but their children's you know, safety and getting into school, maintaining um, food for them. I mean, you know, if you can imagine living in a vehicle with no refrigerator, nothing, how do you feed your children? So coming in, some of the challenges are number one, the trust. Because some of our families, you know, have, uh, well, I would say all of our families have experienced some level of trauma, Um, but particularly these women that are coming in, um, they've had, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of people uh, betray them in their lives. And so um, when they come in, it's, um, it's, our priority is to establish that trust and and build rapport with them. If you um, know anything about what we call the housing first, um, philosophy, um, if you will, it's to meet somebody, these women, people, a human, where they are, give them their very basic needs, which when they come here, that's shelter over their heads and their children's heads, somewhere to feed them and here, someone to love them and support them. And so it's amazing the transformation that you start to see when you just extend the very basic needs of life to these women and their children. Um, from there, you know, we, it's a pretty structured program, but we always say we have accountability and grace are married here. Um, but when they come in, it's really just for them can be quite overwhelming to walk into a fully furnished two bedroom, two bath unit that's decorated by local donors and just, you know, altruistic people in this community and walk into fresh sheets and linen and, you know, two showers and bathrooms. And, and it, that can be very overwhelming for someone who's been on the streets for some time. And so it's getting accustomed. And then, so that's about a 30 day period. And then really getting into what are their goals? What do you want out of life? You know, who do you want to be in this life? And what we say is who has God called you to be? And so that's when we really start making, um, you know, scratching the surface, if you will. So you help them with um, both the shelter and the food uh, immediately? So we partner, we um, believe in community partnerships. We partner with the local food banks. Um, Some of our families um, have government assistance, so what we call cash assistance or food stamps. Some of them, that is their goal to work themselves off of any kind of government assistance. So we don't have a food pantry per se here, um, but if they're in need, of food when they come in. We have gift cards and what have you that have been donated to local grocery stores. So though they're when they're here, they're not hungry. Um, and again, we partner with um, Interfaith, Saving Mercy, uh, Brothers Keepers, you know, some of the local agencies, churches here. So uh, all of their basic needs are covered when they come on the property. If folks um, want to help, 
um, and, you know, uh, donate food or whatever, uh, how do they get in touch with you? So our website is um, projectcococala.org, and we have testimonials. We have um, the full structure of our program, what the expectations are, how to donate, um, different volunteer opportunities. Come by here. We have an open door to our property. Um, we are, you know, we are protective, and, and we make sure that um, we honor people's privacy. Um, but we do have, on Tuesdays or drop-off days for, for any kind of donations, so in-kind donations or we have people who just drop off, you know, monetary donations. Um, what is so uh, just unbelievably incredible to me is because we are a faith-based organization, we do not receive state or federal dollars on an ongoing basis. We do receive an occasional county grant, but the just the mere um, generosity of this community, our families never want for anything. And so we do have fundraising. We have a, a, a annual fundraiser every year. This year it's in November. Um, but we have churches who support us, businesses, um, other nonprofits. Um, we have school groups, other civic groups, women's organizations. Because when they come here and see what Project Hope is and what we do, it, it really sells itself. This is we we really believe in empowering these women to become self-sufficient and who God has created them to be. So they're out into our communities and surrounding communities being healthier, happier people. Well, that's amazing. So uh, individuals within the community, uh, we can contribute in different ways. I have yes. a big bo box full of stuff from hotels, toiletries. Is that something yes. that you like? <laughs> Absolutely. I'll drive up there and get it. How about that? Okay. <laughs> This is what I always say. It's anything that you can imagine that you would need when you moved into your first apartment, you know, be it college or, you know, when you got married or whenever, that is what these women need from linens to soap to laundry. soap. we do have washer and dryers in each unit that are fully furnished to them. Um, one of my favorite things about this program is that all of these donations that these women are given just out of the goodness of people's hearts, when they leave, when they you know, when they complete our program and they decide what their next step in their journey of life is, all of those donations they've been blessed with go with them. So we are constantly needing more donations because we don't send them out empty handed. We never want, we want them to come out, but we want them to leave better than when they came in, um, in a holistic way. So all of that, it's a beautiful thing seeing a U-Haul truck or their family's truck or whatever leaving knowing that they are not in that same situation of walking on our property with their backpack and their baby. So you actually help them get placed into other situations once they've got a job, their kids are placed in school and, or, or, and, and what does happen with uh, people who have kids that are underage? I mean, under kindergarten age where they are, are you able to get them into uh, community-based uh, schools? Yeah, so for, you mean like like um, daycare age children? Yeah, two, three, four, yeah. you know. So we have a great partnership with ELC, which is the um, Early Learning Coalition here. And so because our ladies are at risk and they're homeless, um, you know, they when they come in, if they choose for their children to go to daycare, then we refer them to our partner agency, ELC, and they can get them connected to a local um, child care facility if they have a vehicle then obviously the, the moms will be able to choose if not then they would choose the local ones so they can walk their babies back and forth to daycare 
Yeah, I mean, because that's a huge deal. How, how you know, yes, in is. order to get a job, in order to get a job, you had to have the kids taken care of, and you know, absolutely. Now, um, do these facilities are are there facilities where they watch kids? You know, later in the day, so if somebody's got to you know work ten to six or whatever, uh, they yes, can have someone watching. Yeah. We're so blessed with that. And in ELC, it's a subsidized rate. So it's based, I don't necessarily know it's based on your income, but there's, they, they take all your financials into consideration. And so um, there are 24 hour daycares. They're not a lot, but there are some. So if mommy works 10 to six, then the providers at ELC would help them determine, okay, this is a daycare that, you know, they would help determine their needs and, and best suited to where their, where their kids would be. April, uh, we are going to go to a 60-second break on Meldon okay. Law and Friends. You can grab some water, whatever you want. And uh, we're going to be back in 60 seconds and continue our discussion with April McDonald from Project Hope of Marion County. We are here Thank at you. the University of Florida where Arbor and Alberta are competing in the game of penalty shootout. Arbor is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster! Luckily, Mountain Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry because Mountain Law is going to help you with your recovery. Mountain Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal! We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden, and I'm here with our special guest, April mcdonald from project hope of marion county april we were talking just for a second uh in the break and uh you indicated you you wanted to give a little bit of background on project hope uh why you got the floor why don't you tell everybody who's watching and listening uh how y'all got started absolutely thank you so um back in 2006 um, there was a group of just concerned citizens that um, actually it's one of our founding board members um, came across on his property, his business property um, around Christmas time, a mom and her children living in the car. And so, you know, like most of us would do, you would just say, okay, hey, let's get this, let's get this family in, you know, the local shelter where being around Christmas and we have one emergency shelter here, they were full. So um, that really, you know, just didn't sit well with his heart. And um, they made, you know, some accommodations immediately for that family for her immediate needs. Um, but he started talking to some other concerned citizens with this, you know, shared passion of, okay, how can we help homeless women and children in Marion County? So that was back in 2006. There was fundraisers. There were lots of hearts and minds put together and said, okay, we can do this. We're going to combat this. We're going to, you know, we're going to create a place to call home um, that will be filled with hope and the love of God. And, and this is going to happen. So um, lots of hurdles, as you can imagine, because this is no easy task um, to find the property, the property that would be between two schools and, you know, to address all the transportation issues, as you had talked about. 
And so what I say by divine intervention, 2011, the property that we currently are housed on, um, which is called Hope Villas, was purchased um, by our, you know, by Project Hope. And we've been here since that time, since 2011, we've served over 250 families. Um, and that just gives me chills every time I say that. That means housed over 250 families, not just, you know, individuals. So um, we, uh, I joined the, the Project Hope family in April 2019. And it is just amazing to see every single day how we are contributing to um, this homelessness crisis in Marion County that so many people are not aware of. And so, you know, people say, if you love what you're doing, it's not a job. It is truly my, our staff, our board, it's our passion to make sure that there are fewer and fewer and fewer single homeless women on the streets of Marion County. Can you, um, can you give that, us a, yeah, I was going to ask you to give us some examples of some success. Stories. Yes. So my, one of my most recent um, uh, favorite stories and a success story is we had a mom who came in and she had three children. Um, uh, I can't remember the exact ages, but one of them was a teenager and she had been homeless for four years and was a real go-getter. It's one of this, you, you meet somebody and you automatically know she's got what it takes. She's committed. This woman was willing to do anything to make a better life for her babies. And she comes in and from day one, it's just, like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm committed. I don't want to, I want to break the cycle of homelessness for my family. Her goal, her top goal was to buy a house. So we thought, well, you know, we, we evaluate finances, credit, you know, prior evictions, you know, it's not always easy for some of our ladies to purchase a home. So she just persevered. She did everything she was asked to do. She never missed a, a class. We teach life skill classes every single week of basic skills to forgiveness, to conflict resolutions, anything they need to, to really assist them on this, you know, crazy journey of life. And she did it. She saved up $10,000 while she was here. And before she left, she had signed, you know, she purchased a home, the first time home buyer from homeless, what we say from homeless to homeowner in 14 months. And that's nothing short of a miracle, given what this woman had been through. So that's probably my favorite success story. Um, we have so, so many, but we have women who, like I said, survived and are now thriving domestic violence situations who are in recovery, you know, through mental health or substance abuse, who just needed someone to give them their basic needs in life and give them a chance, love them, support them, steer them, guide them like parents do, um, you know, th through this through this life. Because some of our ladies come, I would say a lot of our ladies come estranged from their family and don't have the support um, that all of us need to channel and navigate through life every day. So there are countless, countless testimonies. Our website projecthopeocala.org. There's some beautiful testimonies directly from our, our ladies of what Project Hope has done for them and our community, not just Project Hope, what this community has done with them. Do some of the families stay in touch with you even after they've been relocated? You bet. You bet. We have our graduates. We call them graduates when they, you know, when they complete their goals um, that still want to come back to our Wednesday classes, that volunteer to babysit, um, who speak at, you know, fundraising events we have. We're a family. We're not just a program. When they enter the gates, they become our family. And, uh, you know, I say that not to replace their biological family, but we, we, that's what we strive to be is a family, a temporary home and temporary family until they can be back, um, to where they're supposed to be on this journey. So, um, 
it, it's like I said, like I said, it's no easy task to do everything that we do every day. And it takes a lot of fundraising, a lot of fundraising, a lot of partnerships. Well, let's talk about fundraising. I know you let's got one coming it. up yes. in the yes. fall. We got a little bit of time, but we'll keep, uh, you know, letting people know about it. Tell us about your um, big fundraiser in the fall. Okay, so it's on Friday, November 4th, and it's at Blackjack Sporting Clays. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that before, but it's Clay Sports Shooting. So it is an outside event. Um, this will be our fourth year. It is incredibly fun. I know I'm a little biased, but it is an awesome event. Last year, we had 32 teams um, of four. And so you're outside. It's a huge, huge opportunity for you to bring your team. You know, the camaraderie is just amazing. Um, it's down in Sumterville, so Sumter County, about 40 minutes from here. And we have people already, I mean, it's, it's, you know, our events in November already saying, I'm coming, I'm bringing my team. So it is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to support us. It's our annual event. And um, it is truly how it's, well, it's a, it's a big part of how we continue to sustain ourselves through the year. So if folks want to um, go, uh, how do they uh, sign up? So follow us on social media, our, our Facebook, Instagram, watch our website. Like I said, um, projectcobocala.org. Um, they can reach out to me. Um, I don't know if I can give my email now or if we can put that in the in the feed, but it's april at projectcobocala.org. We can get you on the newsletter list to see everything for the year that goes on um, at Project Cope, but definitely about our fundraisers because they are phenomenal. Well, I, I you know, it's wonderful. And, and those of you that... Uh haven't been to some of the charity fundraisers, you're really missing out on a great opportunity because you can donate uh, for a very, very worthy cause and then have a great time and meet some really nice people. Absolutely. So I'm going to be expecting to see you here in November, right? Uh, count me in. I love, uh, uh, yeah, I love, <laughs> and uh, I love going skeet shooting and uh, you know, every once in a while I'll uh, hit a clay pigeon. Yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting. I've done it once, and they didn't let me. They didn't let me shoot again, but I wasn't very good. Obviously, but it's a great event of our <laughs> our um, local uh, law enforcement officers participate. Partnerships, our fire departments, a lot of local businesses. Um, again, it's a huge team building um, effort and opportunity, and people just love this event every year. And if folks know uh, people in need. Uh, and yes. they want to send them your way, even though you're booked up right now. Uh, you, where, where should they start? You know, because uh, a lot of times people want to help. They may not have room in their home, and but they do want to help. Give us some ideas of how people can help when they find somebody who's in in a tough situation, and uh, yes. you know, a mother with kids uh, that's homeless. So the first thing is we are, there is an application process, but it's just, you know, demographic information. They can simply call our office. We have people call every single day, all day. So our number is 352-624-4673. That's our admin office here on property. Call us, you know, explain the situation. We will send out an application, you know, mail an application. They can come by and pick up an application um, and then maintain on our waiting list because, you know, although 45 sounds like a lot of people and it is our families, things change. And so sometimes, you know, our, our waiting list moves quicker. Um, but we do assess risk, you know, and um, if someone is living on the street versus, you know, living 
um, in a situation where they're possibly be evicted, we do look at the immediate risk um, to, the, to the moms and their children. So just call us. And if we can't help, again, we partner with a lot of agencies. We will send them in the right direction for somebody who can get some help where they need it. Well, thank you very much for being on our show, April. It's Project Hope uh, of of Marion County, Inc., but it's Project Hope Ocala as far as the website. Uh, Yes. So the website is projecthopeocala.org, but on um, Instagram and Facebook, it's Project Hope of Marion County. Okay. Well, put in Project Hope and uh, put in Ocala, Marion County, and you will find April. And yes. if she, if they can't help you at Project Hope, I promise you they will get you in the right direction. So thank Absolutely. you very much, April. And I look forward to seeing you on November 4th. Uh, for the, yes, the big, bring, uh, your, bring all your colleagues. And thank you so much for having me today. Thank you again. April McDonald, Project Hope, uh, Marion County. See you later. Thank you.